This episode is sponsored by VTech. We've got a special episode of Heads in the Cloud today with Chef Chris Cavelli in, in studio. In-house, in studio. Graham's yeah. next-door neighbor and an all-around great guy. Yeah, We're going to talk about food, wine, music. Fascinating. And another form of communication. Yeah. Very eclectic conversation. So stick around for a great combo Stay with tuned. Chef Cavelli. Heads in the Cloud. With your hosts, David Portnowitz and Graham Potter. So I'm really pleased to be sitting here with my co-host, Mr. David Portnowitz. Hello, hello, hello. And we are part of Heads in the Cloud. <laughs> and normally we would uh, we would do a, a, an interview with a guest based upon uh, our industry, typically out of the uh, communication space, the UCAS space. So David has very graciously, and Fred, I guess our producer, has very graciously allowed me to move off the reservation and uh, bring in a different guest. And so I brought in my next door neighbour. <laughs> and uh, why, you might ask, is uh, for the folks out there, why did I bring in my next door neighbour? Well, my next door neighbour, and you never know when you move to places. I moved to Sarasota probably a year ago now. And uh, my next door neighbour is one uh, Chris Cavelli, a chef. celebrity chef yes. and uh, all round great guy. And uh, I had the great opportunity about two weeks ago to be invited to a party. And uh, well, thanks for the invite, Chris. You know, I, I really great, appreciate great not food. Being there. I, I, David, I tried, but you weren't there. I, you, <laughs> I, I, I did everything I could to reach you, but you know, <laughs> alas, you weren't there. And uh, actually, drawing a parallel to this is really interesting because when you when you look at when we interest when we do um, uh, interviews on thought leaders, industry analysts, that type of thing, uh, Chris is a thought leader of a different kind. But the communication piece is. Uh, might be different from a technology point of view, but it's communicating through food, and uh, well, there's even, a, lot even, of, a lot of real parallels there. And so. one of the things I'm most interested in from you, Chris, is the communication inside of the kitchen. Because, I mean, that to me, or inside the restaurant as a I, whole... I've seen Chris's kitchen, and you'd need a loud hailer to reach <laughs> from one side to the other. So, without further ado, we'd like to uh, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. My pleasure. I know Thanks you've had a long me. journey to get here. Very long. Um, yeah, what was it, 10, 12 minutes? Six. Six minutes. <laughs> you broke the speed, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm well, Italian. It's, it's, all, it's also great that we have Chris in studio today, too. We don't get a lot of in studio. Yeah, but normally we have, uh, we have food. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm looking around. I wasn't told that. I, I can't. I thought uh, you were bringing yeah. sausage rolls, from what I heard. I would eat them. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting the story on sausage rolls later on. So welcome, Chris. Thanks Thank so you. much for coming. And... Uh, you know, your your uh, your bio is uh, ten is, pages is long. Here. Ten pages long, <laughs> yeah. very 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 varied. Can you give us a um, give us a brief intro? Yeah, about give us a who brief you are, intro. What you do? Oh God, that's there's make it brief. I'm just a really good cook that just became popular. <laughs> I didn't. I know he's not bashful. And he's humble. He's I told humble. You he's, yeah. not, he's not a humble that's, guy. That's the best way to look at it. I mean, because you give. Yeah, we have these titles. Everybody gets celebrity chef and all that. But the truth of the matter is, your celebrity. Where does it exist? If your last meal really was bad, yeah. So the celebrity kind of disappears at that point. So what? Um, what is your up? I mean, are you, are you a trained French chef, Italian chef, French train? What do you cook? Uh, well, I'm a triple threat: okay. uh, French, Italian, Spanish, okay. equally, all equally across the board. But I cover global as well because uh, whenever I want to learn a cuisine, I would go to that country and work in a kitchen for free, and I would authenticate that plate here in the states. 
one of the reasons I bring that up and the reason for that is America is a hugest melting pot. Yeah. And we go to all these different cuisines, right? We can go out to eat. You want to go out for Chinese, you want to go out for Korean, Vietnamese. So I want to go work with those chefs, make sure I can implement that here in the U.S. And you go back to Italy quite often. I've seen in your bio. So what do you do in Italy? I've been teaching there 18 years now. Where Uh, at? In Luca. Ah, I've been there. It's beautiful. Which is, I was there two months ago or a couple of months ago. Right after I left. Yeah. And I've been there as well. My brother is an Italian. He speaks Italian. He's an Italian translator. So he goes back and forth quite often too. So I've gone with him, which is great to have someone who speaks the language. It's yes, always, it is. It always makes it a little bit more fun. <laughs> well, I was raised half my life in Europe. Okay. So um, born and raised in New York, but spent many years in Italy. And my real foundation is actually Spain because I went to college there and I studied languages. Where'd, there, you, go so to, where'd you go to school? I went to school in Barcelona. Ah. So about... I don't know how many weeks ago now we had a guest on from Barcelona. That's true. Yes, um, live. Yes, or we, we did had a live video yeah. chat. It was very and, nice. And uh, he was an industry, uh, independent sort of industry yeah. analyst out there. And we got into a lot of discussion, including Rioja uh, wine, <laughs> as, you, as you do. We always like to. Little little funny story about this, Chris, is that we like to mention things. And like we <laughs> mentioned. hopes that we'll mention, Yeah, we'll mention food to you in the hopes that maybe we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll get something to eat. But... <laughs> The, the 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 interesting thing is, some time ago we did a we did a podcast, and I got sick and tired of David coming out with all these new technology terms like blockchain, like like Slack, all these new communication forms that are out there. So I had to rush around being the old guy and and get brushed up on all this technology. And I'm a big user of Slack now and whatever. So to to thwart David's kind of thought process with all this technology, I bought in this old fashioned. A uh, piece of electronic wizardry that was built in the late sixties, early seventies, called a stylophone. Well, a stylophone is like a, a miniature synth- synthesizer, and if you listen to David Bowie's "Space Oddity," uh, it's actually in the break of that song. You hear that break where he goes, "That's a stylophone, right?" So we we I play "Smoke on the Water" by Deep Purple yeah. on the stylophone in the podcast. Lo and behold, about a week or two weeks later. Um, the stylophone company, which still exists today, regenerated, picked up on the fact that we broadcast this podcast. He gets a brand new <laughs> state-of-the-art stylophone with all the bells and whistles and widgets on it and what have you. Can't play a damn note. And so, uh, so he got that. And so I took, it, I took it over. And ask Graham where the stylophone is sitting. It's in my office. Okay. I gave it to Graham. So this is a happy ending to this so, story. So we, we mention all kinds of things. We're trying to get a wine sponsor. That's our goal. <laughs> That's easy. Okay, see? If you're Chris. me. <laughs> so, Graham, you're out of the podcast. Chris is now the guest host. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he took over. He took over. So... That's awesome. So Actually, they just dropped off a, a, a case for us to try a uh, varietal that we saw right. while we were out in Aspen. Cool. So tell us a little bit about, you've got a restaurant opening up here in Sarasota called Sage, right? We do, actually. Yes, we do. It's called Sage. It's the old uh, Sarasota Times. Okay. Uh, Sharon Carroll, who is the primary investor, uh, she bought the building. And that's and, downtown. Yes, it's downtown on First Street. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, a friend of mine, Cameron, got involved because they've done. They actually uh, produced a movie together. Oh, nice! And uh, Cameron's brother-in-law and I opened a restaurant out in Seattle, which is still in Pipe Place Market. So, they lo and behold, he said, "Well, I told I was looking for a space, but mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to know. Yeah, because I wanted it to stay under the wrap, under wraps." And uh, his brother-in-law said, "Well, you know." 
you know, Chris is looking for a space, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to be telling you this. <laughs> and Cameron's like, Chris Cavelli? And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he, so like the next day I had a message on my phone from Cameron. He goes, look, I got this project I'm working on. Yeah. Would you come and meet with me? So lo and behold, we did. We had a couple meetings. I met Sharon, who's an absolutely awesome individual, and Cameron as well. And we just started to hang out mm -hmm. because I, you know, to be very honest with you, I, I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to I think the, most good chefs the are, food. Though. I think most so, good chefs are. Uh, we just started doing tastings at mm -hmm. my house, and uh, I said I would do it on a consult basis. Well, Sharon wasn't having that, and neither was Cameron. So we had a second tasting, and Sharon just got up from the counter and said, are you going to be our chef or not? And I said, what? <laughs> so cut to the chase. She says, "Why don't?" She says, "Then, you know, we're going to be. We'll just be three partners. Mm -hmm. We'll open this business together." She goes, "But you're the one. You're the one we want." Now you got to realize, I have all these contracts out there. Yeah. And so for the past year, I've been saying goodbye to them, and I'm only sticking with one, and that's because they're my national sponsor. So you don't let go of that. Yeah. And it, lo, lo and behold, it's just happening. And Sage is going to, it's um, four floors. Wow. First two floors, an outdoor terrace will be Sage. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, event space, which will be weddings and all different types of events, will be called High Garden. Cool. And then we have a rooftop. Game of Thrones uh, and then inspired. We have a rooftop bar as well. Cool. A little known fact about that. Check the rooftop, because rumor has it that many years ago, a start a star an ex-starter star employee had an apartment <laughs> at the top of that building. What was he even looking How for? How about that random? No he might still a... be there. Yeah. A, there was no apartment up there. It was a, always a, there was apparently a Maybe a somebody, sleeping bag? So, mate, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm just passing on what I was told. Just saying, because so. that happens here in Sarasota. People show up on your doorstep like you would not believe. So um, where are you now in the development of the restaurant? We're, we're getting there. Uh, okay. We're hoping to be open in the next couple months. Okay. Uh, we're not rushing it. We've tried to put target dates, and it just doesn't work when yeah, you're trying yeah. to do everything right. Oh. Uh, it's really happening. Now. You, the kitchen's really coming. The Both kitchens are coming together. And uh, we're actually going to be doing some filming out of there as well. How, many, how many staff do you think you'll have in there, Chris? Do you think? We're going to have a lot. Yeah? I mean, you're talking four-floor yeah. event wow. space. That's uh, And what kind cool. of food? Global cuisine. What does that mean? Uh, we're going to have, so the first menu will start out with eight entrees in eight countries. Cool. Oh, okay. And so I truly can do that. global. And I can do that. Yeah. There's other people that will m try to mimic that. There, yeah. will be, there are people already trying to mimic that. But I'm not, if you go back in my history and my restaurants, mm -hmm. they've always been broken down by countries. Oh, so okay. that is who I am. And it's because I can speak these languages and I've lived in these countries. And I want people to at least get a sense of what they had in that country that they visited. I don't want them to, you know, curry salmon. Anybody can put curry powder on a salmon, <laughs> but can you authenticate it like they do in India? Yeah. Uh, another thing that we're going to, tandoori lamb chops. Oh, that sounds good. Now, when I tell you tandoori, it's impossible to get tandoori right unless you're dealing with some type of clay oven yeah. and or a really, really special grill. Yeah, you got the mechanics to be able to do that properly and whatever. So and we, we're going to have menu... a full-size smoker in that kitchen. Man, I can't wait for this place to open. Will the menu change frequently? Or yes. What, what's your plan there? Seasonal. Um, Seasonal okay. and, but menu items that are liked mm -hmm. by our guests, our customers, 
will stay because ultimately if you're a good restaurateur, your guests dictate your menu. You do not. Yeah. If they like it, it stays. And, ha- and that's a good sort of like segue into communication. So how does that communication flow? How do you know which, you know, from the, from the customer's end, how do you get told that information? Is it just based on sales? Are you talking to them? Are you surveying them? How do you find that kind of information out? Well, sales is definitely a big point. Yeah. Uh, another point is just uh, verbal feedback. Yeah. Uh, I do t- love to talk to everybody as a Sharon and Cameron. Um, one of the things I always did in my restaurants before I sold them and went live and go all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, I always went out after service and went to every table, good or bad. I want them to be able to tell cool. me they're paying. If, if they don't say anything, the ball's in their court. Yeah. I can't fix it. But if it's bad, they have the right to tell me. And I, all I ask, give me another chance. Even if I feed you for free, give me another chance to make this right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because you go to a lot of restaurants that, that really maybe not, could not care less about you know, well, you never, you never see anybody. Yeah. You never have a chance to give any feedback on anything yeah. and what I mean. I, I don't know how you, you, you know, from a business point of view, going back to the communication piece, how, how that would ever work, you know, unless you are, you're in this two-way situation. Yeah. You're, just, you're just cooking in simplex mode. You're just doing it one way, one way only. So. You can't get into customer service without yeah. proper communication. Proper feedback. In the restaurant industry, it just, it's a two-way street. You have to communicate everything right. to your customer. So your your kitchen at home is is your workshop. Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. I use it as an R and D kitchen. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of well. Cool. You've seen it. It's big. yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah it's a good sized kitchen. Yeah. So how much focus as the chef in this situation do you put on the front of the house or as opposed to the back of the house? Do you are you are you just as invested there or is that someone else's domains or, or how you know how do you sort of view that? I'm equally invested. Yeah. Uh, something you're going to be surprised about. I have never raised my voice in a <laughs> kitchen. I don't believe in it. I believe it's demeaning and debilitating. And on top of that, I do not want to be the reason when that waiter or server or major G or whomever mm-hmm. goes to that dining room or that dining room table. I don't want to be the reason for that scared look on their face when they hit the table. Yeah. I want to be the reason they're smiling at that table. But I think that's, I mean, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from, I, I hear that that's kind of rare, though. I mean, a lot of head chefs have a tendency to Lose maybe it. be quick, quick-tempered or have a little bit of a, you know, it's, 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 it's stressful back there. So, I mean, it, that, that must be hard to sort of keep your cool. You know, I have to tell you, I don't see it as stressful. No. Even at the worst moment. You know why? Because we're given the opportunity as cooks mm-hmm. to create something for somebody to like. And if you're giving that in an art form, mm-hmm. it's like somebody paying for your education. Yeah. If you're switching it out, and these kids that come in, or people my age is equal, mm-hmm. if they're coming in and we're working in all these different cuisines and they've never even been to that country, we're just giving them a taste yeah. of where they want to go. Yeah. And there's another form of communication. So, and how do you, in, in the, how long does it take? Or will it take you guys before you feel comfortable with the process and how everything runs in the back of the house? And how long is that a, like for a team to gel? How long does a process like that take? Well, I started training probably, let's see, I started training everybody in April. So you already have a staff? I trained them overseas. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, they started over there. And they just go to Italy, Spain. They came you... to the cooking school, and okay. we did a oh, lot so of these training. Are, these there. are people you met in, yeah, in the school, culinary graduates. Yeah, we trained, cool. worked with them 
threw stuff at them, made sure that, oh. uh, and whoever rose to the top got the first job offer. Nice. And did you find your um, sort of right-hand person in there as well? I think I did. Yeah, good. I think yeah, I did. That's real special to be able to do that. So. Graham, I think we should do our next podcast with Chris live from Luca. Um, I think I'd, that's the I'd, only way you, know, you could you could do I'd, it. I'd love I'd love to with a with a with a fine bottle of uh, <laughs> Brunello. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure I can get you that wine sponsor at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we're well, pretty if you're sure drink the Brunello. We're pretty, you're pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure we could uh, we could help drink that. So yeah. you know yeah. you know what you could do the next if you want to do this again. I'll bring in two or three plates. You guys try them oh. with two or three wines, and then yeah, you can awesome. actually we come to the restaurant and do it when you open. You could do that. Let's too. do that. Yeah. Just make, Les, it, can you set make it more intense for me. <laughs> Les, well, can you set this up at a restaurant? What do you think? Okay. Well, this is something I know our sales folks would love to do if we had... Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking about the event space, too. How, how big of an event space are you going to have? Up to 150 people. Yes, we would yeah, definitely, we could definitely have an event there, yeah. a Star to Star event. That we'd yeah. love to do that. So That'd be we've great. already booked, uh, kind of booked our first wedding for February. Nice. Uh, awesome. And they wanted to go to the country of Spain, which is probably my favorite. Yeah. And uh, the first thing they wanted to do was uh, a whole smoked pig. Wow. So we will do the full-size pig in our smoker. And they'll have all the accoutrement around it with the fruits and the vegetables. That's awesome. Yeah. So when when someone's someone's coming to you for a wedding, is it a pretty open... Are you listening to them and what they want to do? Are you providing suggestions or sort of... I want to know what they want. And if they don't know what they want, I ask them to pick a country. That's awesome. That's that, so, that's truly cool. So we've had discussions about Indian food, which I know you're not you're not into. But yeah, I, I it's love my favorite it. food. I like, uh, yeah, but the, the flavors for, for food. I mean, the interesting thing about Indian food is the inter- the Western interpretation of that is all kind of meat based and whatever. Yet it's traditionally a lot of vegetables. It's mostly uh, vegetarian. Like yeah. The flavor is unbelievable. I mean, I spent. You know, several weeks in uh, Mumbai and Pune and whatever, and loved it out there. I mean, it's just I couldn't get enough of it. Well, you get something right. like cardamom, which is a very big yep. spice in yep. Indian food, and a lot of people not aware get a really nice fresh cardamom seed, mm-hmm. crack it, and smell it. You know what it smells like? Vicks vapor rub. You get you get one of those whole, and you pop that in your mouth and your food, and, <laughs> and your head. Like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, and then your head explodes. No, your na- your nasal passages are cleared <laughs> yeah. for five days. Whoa, what have I got here? Is that awesome? Yeah. It's like a ghost pepper and a jalapeno pepper at the same time. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. So, what is, what a what's attracted you to the Sarasota food scene? Is there any? What, what, where do you like to eat here? Is there? Any, are you looking at me? Give me like you're not attracted. Like I'm, maybe that's the wrong question for you. Chris. It's a great question. Yeah, it's actually a great question. I feel like there's a lot of great. There's a lot of there good restaurants. There here. are there are a lot of good restaurants yeah. here, and uh, I could pick probably on my hand five that I go to on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, one of them's Italian. They're from Parma, and there's this little nook and cranny restaurant off of uh, B Ridge, and it is. All right, so after this podcast, we won't name any names, but I want to know who that is because my take on this is there is, I have not had good Italian food in Sarasota. There's, uh, next to me, there's only two good Italian chefs in this town, and they actually are the best of the best. Okay. And there's post podcast, we'll ask. And they're both from Italy. Cool. Okay. Because I have, I love Italian food. I'm Italian. But I, every, every time I go out here and try Italian food, I'm always a little bit, I'm like, okay, it was good, nothing great. I haven't found it yet. Then be prepared to have your mind blown. I'm in. I'm in. There you go. He's in. He's in that. So, 
So switching gears and flipping it up and whatever. So what are the, what are the, I don't know, we have part of this discussion. It's a bit of a leading question, really. Things, foods that you don't like, foods that you really, really like. Cannot eat mashed potatoes. I mean, I'm. Let's go. I'm I don't. Down with I that still 100%. have my teeth. I can bite. So I'm. I'm kind of against it. You don't, like, you don't like shepherd's pie, then? Oh, good God. Who does? <laughs> we had this discussion. I just don't we understand. So for those folks that listen, we had this discussion in uh, Chris's kitchen. So, yeah, we, we were... Uh, and was a people group. are, like, yelling at me. I'm like, no, you're in first the right of all, you're in my house. <laughs> Second, I don't like mashed potatoes or green peas. Oh, well, I like green peas. Oh, no. I what, disagree why? with you on that one. Well... I like green peas. I'm not allowed to say these things on radio, so <laughs> but I can tell you what it tastes like. <laughs> I enjoy peas. I, I'm not a. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of mashed potatoes either. I haven't had a mashed potato that I'm like. See, I like. I like. I'm not a huge mashed potato. I'm not a huge potato fan, right? Yeah. I don't eat a lot of fries and stuff like that. But I do like uh, parsnip, and I do like mashed parsnip. Weird as it sounds, primarily because it's got flavor to it. It's got real natural flavor in it. Versus the potato, which unless you stuff it full of cream and butter and butter I and stuff, I mean even better. Take a piece of parsnip, right? A little rosemary, yeah. toss in a bowl of extra virgin olive oil, yeah. cast iron pan, slowly sear it. Right. The flavor of the potato parsnip that you add, the puree, will be non-existent compared to that. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Because it's called cooking by concentration. You're concentrating the, right. the flavors. Yeah. And um. On that, on the opposite side of that, what are the thing? What's the what's the thing that you love to cook the most? Like, if you could cook anything in the world, what would it be? Oh God, whole animals. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Lamb. I love to do like a cochinillo, which yeah. comes from Spain. It's a little baby pig, and it, actually in Segovia and Avila, they actually cut it with a plate after it's cooked. You don't need a knife or anything. So like is that, that tender? And uh, but those are the baby, the lechon, yeah. the little pigs. And um, one of the things I absolutely love to make, and it takes hours, are uh, Peking duck. Okay. I enjoy making that. So and I do the pancakes. We've, we've with the gone on the other side of the world now. <laughs> right. I can take you anywhere you want to go. And, but short ribs. Ah. If you've ever had my short ribs, you will probably not eat another yeah, you person. Did, I'm you did if I'm going to be arrogant, it's going to be that I like, one bad I thing right there. Did ribs at the house? Uh, Was it? Did you do? Oh ribs? no, I did those. That that yeah. I'm yeah, known that for awesome. as well. The yeah. uh, I do a, oh, um, a truffle with you, right? spicy honey rack of ribs. Okay, yeah. but they cook for four and a half hours. Man, I'm getting hungry. And it's just they fall off. The, so while the whole rack is together, yeah. you can pull the bone out. Oh my god! A funny story for our uh, for our listeners here. Who else would it be and, for? Uh, <laughs> easy, David. <laughs> easy, Tiger. So invite to Chris's house for our local um, neighborhood, I guess, party. Neighbor, neighborhood party. And uh, my wife's like, we have to take something. You have to just take something along. She's like, what do I take? Chris is a chef. What do I take? So will you take something very British or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just going to cheat and take a big lump of Stilton cheese, which was, was all right. <laughs> and I ate half. And he ate half of it. <laughs> and, and I said, the other thing you, do, you make is a, is a bunch of dog rolls, sausage rolls. Right? Yeah. Real, not, not these wussy, what we call, what pigs you in call a pigs in, in a blanket. blanket. But real sausage rolls. And they were all right, weren't they? They were delicious. Um, Do it like little breakfast it's, sandwiches. It's hard to screw up a sausage roll. No, 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 no. Listen, it's very interesting. You can screw it up because the fat level in the sausage that she used is another thirty percent compared to a hot dog. Yeah. So it could have ruined the puff pastry, but it was perfectly crispy, and I ate probably eleven of them. <laughs> well, cheers to like, Mrs. Potter. Or Mrs. And, Potter. Uh, and I kept them. Jane or yes. <laughs> 
you know, sometimes, and I don't know if this is allowed. I'm sure you no, can go cut it. it out or not. But when you're drinking enough, yeah, or a lot, mm-hmm. those little dogs oh, yeah. can oh, be a lifesaver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy. I did enjoy your red wine. Actually, I have to confess that I did. Uh, well, that I was the next to the last wine tasting. That was the largest out of the recycling bin we had to deal with it since we moved in the house ten years ago. I just saw a funny story today that to satiate demands in America for rosé, French rosé, they are passing uh, Spanish, cheap Spanish wine off as French rosé and been shipping it to the States under, under saying it's French rosé and it's not it's just cheap Spanish wine. Really? And that, it's so, Amer- like French rosé is so popular in America right now that they can't keep it, they can't keep the shelf, like they can't bring enough in and they can't make enough in France. And so they've just been... Shipping in. Well, you know, Rosé is making this huge comeback. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Every menu you go to, it's, it, there's this feature. To talk while about. I was out in Aspen, and anybody who knows me knows this is just who I am. They, the sponsor there, they had this Rosé, and yeah. they had this Magnum this big. And she turns around, she goes, I'll pour you some. I said, I could pour my own, thank you. So I grabbed the Magnum, and I started to walk around the room, <laughs> just pouring everybody wine and pouring, kept pouring. After I poured theirs, I poured myself more. And there's a picture of me with it on my shoulder. That's at the, funny. It's the classic. It was great. I mean, that, that, that as a wine was, was really popular with, when I was growing up as a youngster yeah. many, many years ago. That, that and uh, all the typical wines that were around at the time, all the uh, Yugoslav Rieslings, Lee Frail Mills and all the stuff that's like you wouldn't want to really, really drink today. But, but the uh, rose was, was a really popular wine about years ago. And then it kind of disappeared. Well, it's the best, it's technically yeah. the best wine to go with Indian food. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also like, a great wine from Florida when it's 9,000 degrees out and you can drink a really nice cold rose. That's refreshing. Or if you're me, you keep it in the pool and let it float <laughs> around you while you're sitting in the yeah, pool. That, that can't like complain a, about that. that sounds too. like a damn good idea. So. <laughs> so when I first saw we were going to have Chef Chris on, I, re- I recognized the name, and I had to look it up. The reason why is I saw Chef Chris on Beat Bobby Flay, Season 9, Episode 9. You were on there. Tell us about your experience on the show. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I mean, Bobby and I went to the same culinary school. At the same time? Uh, he was actually a judge at my graduation. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And uh, he gave me an 88 percentile. Oh. Success. Well, yeah. And he even asked me on the show, Chris, what did I give you? I said, well, I graduated second in class. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> so in other words, yeah. you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's an amazing cook as yeah. well. Uh, for those people who don't get it, you'll hear me say cook. If we don't know how to cook, there's no way we can use the term chef. Yeah. So going back to the Food Network, if you're in that environment, you really need to understand how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Communication on air. That's what I was about to, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that's it's, what I think is impressive about those, those guys. I mean, I think the, the, you know, there's maybe a, some sort of people who may look down on them because they're cause they maybe more, more TV personalities than than chefs at this point but i mean i think what they do is can even be more difficult i mean like to, to host and to cook and to have that knowledge and to be able to communicate i mean that's that to me is just as impressive or more impressive uh somebody said to me well you know if you're doing so much tv and you do all these live shows you go how good of a cook are you still i turned around and i said why don't we get two equal baskets and we'll cook against each other and we'll find out right now <laughs> 
Do you like to do the competitions? I love it. Yeah. Have you ever done like Chopped or anything like that? Uh, no, I not Chopped because I've done shows with Ted Allen. Yeah. So I think there's a little, a little conflict bit, yeah, there. Yeah. But I was on the first season of the Rachel versus Guy Celebrity Cookoff. Oh, nice. And I was a sous chef to Lou Diamond Phillips, the actor. Oh, yeah. And we were up against Coolio and his sous chef. <laughs> oh. And his sous chef in the finale. Now, remember, whoever wins, wins $50,000 for their charity. Yeah. So we won the finale. Nice. And Lou Diamond Phillips got to choose... And it went to share our strength, no child hungry. Nice. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you very much. Pat was working with Guy and Rachel. Were they, were they fun to work uh, with? Well, I'm a big Rachel fan. Yeah. I know a lot of people are not. She loves me. Yeah. I love her. That's the way it <laughs> Listen, works. Listen, she's done, she's done fantastic. I mean, she's, High school graduate. Yeah. I mean, she has, for you know, someone who didn't, wasn't, call, you know, like gone to sh- you know, culinary school, that stuff. I mean, she's had an incredible career. When Rachel Ray comes up to you in the middle of taping, she goes, you have a great smile, and you're good looking. I turned around, I'm like, are we supposed to be cooking here? <laughs> well, a guy, and Guy Fieri, I mean, he's just... He's uh, a great guy. He's on Food Network about 24-7. He's, uh, he's a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think Guy or Rachel or a lot of people with those personalities that are on regularly, mm-hmm. I don't think they get their due. Yeah. I think they may get, be financially stable, but I think there's a... A little too much talk about them. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, I mean, they're not there. They're there for a reason. I mean, if they couldn't That's cook right. and they couldn't host and they then they wouldn't be on the, the, the television. So I mean, Rachel's not burning herself out. She's doing different things yeah. now. You know, Emerald. Look at look at how he went. I mean, yeah. he sold his brand. Yeah. So where you know, if you could go any anywhere in the states, where do you like to go eat? Oh God, New York. I mean, you're from New York. Yeah, I go I go to New York uh, on a regular basis. I. Love Chicago. Yeah, me too. Chicago's yeah. got best burger bar in the United States, hands down. Asheville? Uh No, it's on North Sheffield. Okay. You know, we lived there for eight, I did. eight years or so, yeah. And you didn't yeah. know it was there? No, not at uh, all. Michael, Michael Hornick's a chef, and he also has MK, and he, uh, he had this one burger where it was a uh, real Angus ground, right. mm-hmm. and they make their own brioche buns. But I was in, and he had a special. He goes, Chef, you got to try this. I'm like, fine, Michael, if you say that. So on top of the Angus, he did oven-roasted shredded goat on top of oh, it. Well, I, and the lady said, eat. was that, that filling? I said, can I have another one, please? <laughs> <laughs> I had two of them. And Chicago's, I mean, it's a great food city. Yeah, it it's is. Awesome. It really is. That's a whole, I mean, we, we love living there. I mean, we love the, the, the whole dining out there, but yeah. also the music scene. I mean, the blues but i mean they're just to be able to go and do some of those things and also hear some of the music down there and be part of that very vibrant kind of scene there we loved it i thought it was an art institute for four years i said yeah, we new. we got so involved there actually we? vegas is i'm going to be out in vegas doing a live show did you ever eat in the restaurants out there yeah I have, a couple yeah. of times yeah. yeah there's some really really good ones you i ate at dave chang's yeah. i ate the momofuku out there last time i was there it was very good um, went to school together yeah i've I listen to the Dave Chang podcast right now. He's got a new podcast out. That's a good. That's good. That's talk about talented. Yeah, he's that whole era of that six year period of all of us that graduated. Yeah. from the French Culinary Institute. Look, try to find those graduates. We're all in the same pocket. That's it's crazy. just it's it's like the chefs. It's almost like they waved a wand and <laughs> like made our lives for us because yeah. they trained us. They kicked the hell out of us. That's awesome. 
No, it's not. Come on, it's awesome. Now it is. Now it is. So what? What? What got you into it in the very first place? Then what? What? Why? 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 I was cooking when I was a teenager. I was in pizzerias in New York and Italian restaurants. I was a dishwasher in a Jewish deli when I was thirteen. It's a very humbling job, and if I ever had to go back to it, it's a job I could do again and be happy at. Um. Former Wall Street executive turned chef. <laughs> you hear, you know, you know, you hear that from some people. Just like they get burnt out, and they're like, "I just want to do the thing I love to do." I went from six figures to zero overnight <laughs> because I wanted to go to culinary school. Yeah. I wanted to finally do what I wanted to do. Exactly. And I think that's where the success is because yeah. I'm doing what I love. Yeah. And it's there's nothing better. It's going to sound strange. Then working 14 to 16 hours a day, working on all these different ingredients, touching every ingredient around the world, wine, liquor, you name it. Mm -hmm. And my motto is and always will be, I eat and drink for a living and I get paid for it. Yeah, I love it. How Everybody else has to work a full-time job to do what I do for a living. Hey, I'm... If I had any skill at all, I would switch. (laughs) Dabbled as a musician years ago as well? I still play. Do you? Yeah. Tell everybody what you play. Well, I play several instruments, but I was a drummer and lead singer for a band in New York. Oh. More about that. (laughs) What did you just say? We we started as a copy band, but we, we used to play in this club where all the bands, where we were the guys that, we were the young guys. Yeah. So we played with, in the same clubs and opened with Twisted Sister, Zebra, you know, all these bands that... That's awesome. And the, ba- and the club was called February's out on Long Island. Oh, nice. So you're, you're living next door to, to a musician and the whole family, you know. You knew I that, know. Matthew's a, a serious drummer. He's not playing these days, but um, my eldest, well, my, my eldest, my, my, uh, my daughter, Emma, who I don't think you've met, um, she learnt the piano at a real early age. Um, my other daughter dabbled with the flute, played bass guitar for a bit of time and what have you. Wife sings, I sing, middle daughter's got an unbelievable uh, singing voice, like a bluesy voice, like a like an Amy Winehouse type voice. We were just watching so some of her acoustics si- last night. 60, um, we, uh, my, my 60th, we, we put on a big event in a, wow. in a bar, took it over, built a stage, had the whole family come in brought in musicians from all around the country that have either worked with me or I've worked with as customers and we played a musical event. And so I have to have a I have to have a compelling event to, to do that. I have all the gear <laughs> lying around. I have a storage facility up the street where all the amps and gear. Well it sits. sounds like the the traveling yeah. potter should play the opening. <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do another big one. Well probably when I retire we'll we'll See, do another big event. It's so. funny, if I'm in a club and I know the band that's up there, I'll get up and I'll sing or I'll play and it doesn't matter where I'm at. When I'm exactly on the same. If Don't. I if I see somebody and I'm in that mood, I'll go up and ask. I'll say, I've had you that, know how to play this. I've had that dropped on me many times. Best, the most famous one was in Australia. Australia. And, uh, Mine we, was Morocco. <laughs> we were we were sitting in a restaurant and uh, eating a meal, and all of a sudden, uh, "Wonderful Tonight" by Eric Clapton came on, and the boys' all ears all went up like that. I went off to the bathroom, thought nothing about it, came back, big grins on their faces. We finished the meal, plenty to drink. Walked downstairs into this big open area with the band playing. They played another song by, and then they stopped, 
And all of a sudden the guy comes on the microphone. He goes, by special invitation only, one night only, Mr. Graham Clapton. And the boys just usher me up onto the stage. And the lead singer turns around and he said, I understand you can play guitar and sing. I said, I've got enough trouble standing up, mate. I'll, I'll just try singing for now. And, and, I, and I sang. But I, like, I mean, like, I'm sure the same with you. The I can't feeling sing of doing that. Scotch, it, it just like, <laughs> it's just so much fun to be able to do that kind of stuff. And it's a gift to be to be able to you it know is. to be able to do it. So, yeah. Well, Chris, fun. it's been great having you on the show today. We really appreciate you coming out. No, thank we you. We look forward to to checking out Sage when it opens. Thank you. Oh, no, sure I'll, will I'll save you one thing. He hasn't got a dog. He hasn't got any. No pets. pets. No. But I, I knew that. He can share my. Guy. He can share my dog. He knows old Buster's kind of out there. He's a. I can't. With the travel schedule, yeah. Yeah. there's no way. Yeah, I'm not a pet person either. We always ask. We always ask. We've we've had we've had um, chinchillas. We've had uh, we're we're one, rabbits. One lady analyst had a had a worm, pet worm. Yeah, and uh, a lived pet it, worm. Yeah, so you, lived, did lived, they lived, with a ferret, yeah. or is that just my imagination? Yeah, no, yeah, we've ever, lived in a high rise, so it wasn't afraid of heights. So it was all, it was all right. So. <laughs> Anyways, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> All the very best of luck with the restaurant, my friend. Thank you. you know, we thanks, really thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thank if you, you guys. want to check so. out Chef Chris, you can go to chriscavelli.com and check out more about what Chris does and his, and his uh, restaurants and what he's doing out there. But uh, thanks, Chris, for coming in. We really appreciate it. And we'll be checking out your restaurant when it opens. For, Thank uh, you. Heads in the Cloud, I'm David Portnoy. I'm Graham Potter. This is on Heads in the Cloud.